Good afternoon from Southeast Asia. This will be episode number 21 of the Southeast Asia Chronicles podcast things. And our purpose is to help you decide, do you want to leave the West, the West, quote unquote, the West, and go to what might be a better place, Southeast Asia. Maybe, maybe not. It's not for everybody. It takes a certain kind of person. To, to, well, I was going to say jump across that cultural chasm. No, you, you ain't going to jump across it. You're going to jump into it. Uh, you're not, you're not going to bridge that thing ever. East is east and west is west and never the twains uh, shall meet. Who the heck was that? Uh, Mark Twain. I think it was Mark Twain. Twain in those days meant train. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> in the last episode, we were talking quite a bit about <sighs> scammy girls. There are more scammy girls in Southeast Asia Oops. than, hmm, man, probably more scammy girls in one country in Southeast Asia than all the United States put together. The scam factor is extremely high, extremely high. Uh, you're going to get scammed. It doesn't matter how careful you are. It doesn't matter. You're going to get scammed. If you come down there, if you're a guy, if you're a stupid guy, if you didn't go get neutered before you went, you're going to be sniffing around the girls like a fool. And uh, you're going to get scammed. Heck. And um, you might get lucky, get off cheap. Or you might get taken for everything you have. And that's really, really common. And there's nasty little stains on the ground, on the concrete, all around pretty much all of the high-rise condo buildings where guys have gotten taken like that. And it drives them to the point of stepping off their balcony, and they do all the time. That's how bad it is. So if you have, if you're talking about going to Southeast Asia to retire, <clears throat> and you have people who love you and they're saying that they're really, 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 really concerned, and you're saying, "Oh, that's BS. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll be fine." Not so fast. Not necessarily. Are you going to be fine? You might be, but you're going to go through some shit before you are. And we just hope to survive it. So we're trying to help you figure out what that shit is. How bad it's going to be. The biggest danger you're going to face in Southeast Asia is girls. Number two is probably government. Number three is probably street crime. Number four is probably diseases, snakes, and bugs. Number one is girls. So, you know, get neutered and all kinds of problems. Uh, you just dodge that bullet. <laughs> you know, I, I got to do some research on this because I don't know if there's any kind of temporary neutering pill you can take. I, 
maybe medical science has something like that. If, if they do, get them. I might. Makes girls disgusting. You don't want to go around them. What a blessing. What freedom. <laughs> uh, yes, Southeast Asian girls are the most beautiful girls in the world, period. I don't care. Don't care. They are. Um, if you ever find a good one, they are probably the most loving and caring girls in the world. In Thailand, you're going to have a really, 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 really hard time finding a good one. Pretty close, right up there, bumping impossible. Philippines? No, it's a different story. Different people, different culture. Uh, you got to remember two things. Filipinos, yes, they're Southeast Asians. They come from that stock. <clears throat> but they are also pretty much half Spanish. No other country in Southeast Asia is half Spanish. Um, <clears throat> they have different ways of thinking. They're more logical. Um, Thailand is Buddhist. Buddhism, the whole place Buddhism. Quite a few times I've asked them, you know, you know anything about Christianity? Have you have you heard about that? You know, <clears throat> and they'll just look at you like, oh, yeah, I think I heard something about that. I saw one of those churches one time when I was a little kid. You know, and we don't we don't we never went in there. You know, okay, Christianity is uh, fairly rarish in many Southeast Asia countries. It's Buddhism. Uh, Buddhism teaches that if you do a bad thing, then you can, it's okay. Because um, all it hurts is your karma, and you just go do a nice thing. Offsets it. Um, so if you go do a bad thing, like you, you go cheat on your boyfriend, then steal all of his money, and then push him off the balcony, you know, whatever. Um, you got to go do some good stuff. Uh, and one of the most common ways to make merit, that's what they call it, is to go to one of the temples and do some cleaning for a few days. Clean latrines, clean up around, do some sweeping, stuff like that. Cook for the monks, you know, once or twice, three times. Maybe. Did a really bad thing, you know, you might have to do it for, I don't know, God forbid, maybe a week, you know. Uh, and that'll square you with your karma. Because Buddha doesn't care. He's not a god. He said he's not a god. He, he, he told people he didn't want to be treated as a god. He's just, he was just a guy. And he was a somewhat smart in some ways. Um, so he's not up there, you know, counting coup and taking names and keeping track and like that. Not Santa Claus either. So you do a bad thing in, in Buddhism country, you just go make some error. Uh, a lot of people will make a point of going and making merit ahead of time, before they do something bad. You go clean latrines for three days, you know, that'll, that buys you a lot of merit. And then that means you can go out and do bad things, you know, rip people off, cheat on your boyfriend, stuff like that. And it's it, it's already squared because you you already did you already made the merit you know. Okay, Philippines is Christian. It's mostly Catholic. Uh, they were pretty strict Catholics, and they 
still are. Um, so in Christianity, if you do a bad thing, you're going to go to hell and burn forever. Um, they don't really necessarily believe that, but it, it's a tiny, tiny little deterrent, you know, in the back of their mind. Just think about it from time to time. Now, there's a really weird thing about the difference between the girls in Thailand and Philippines. And I talk about those two countries more than any others because one of those two is probably where you're going to end up. Uh, after that, you know, you might end up branching out, going to Cambodia, whatever. But um, really high chance, somewhere up around 97%, you're going to end up in one of those two countries. Um, in Thailand, how would you put it? If you look at a graph, let's see, <laughs> like that. In Thailand, the graph starts at the bottom where all the girls are nasty skanks, stealing everything. And it, and it gradually goes up like that. It's pretty much a straight line. It goes up to the girls who are nice. Uh, there's not... Okay, in, in the Philippines, it starts at the bottom and it goes up like this. <laughs> For the bad girls and then it goes over and they're just bad 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 and then it goes up to the very few good ones um in the philippines it's easier to see the good ones if you know how to look if you don't know how to look then you're just going to get screwed in thailand it's really hard harder for me anyway that's my assessment of the whole situation um there are more bad girls in Thailand than in the Philippines. Uh, there are also more good girls. There's... Man, I'd almost need to draw a graph, you know, to get this across. Just see if you can think about it and visualize it. I'll think about it more and try to find a way to convey that more clearly, but um, the good ones are better. The bad ones are really, 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 really bad, and they are the vast majority. But the good ones are worth it. They could be the girls of your dreams. Can I say that about Thai girls? No, I, you'll never hear me say that. Um, man. There might be one somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, there could be. There could be. Um, okay, so we're talking about ways to trick girls to see if they really, really love you or if they're just going to steal from you, screw you over, you know, fuck your boy, fuck your friends, whatever. Um, one of the things you can look for, you can go Googling around, you can find all kinds of things. Most of the things you're going to find don't really fit for Southeast Asia girls. Um, girls in the West, all of them, pretty much all of them, have a little bit of money. They have a family they can go to who probably has money. There's all kinds of, of uh, government programs they can go to to get money. So they're very seldom are they completely and totally destitute with absolutely no hope whatsoever. It's rare. So their priorities are a little bit different than, than Southeast Asian girls. In, in Southeast Asia, those girls got nothing. They got nothing. 
and it makes them more vicious as far as just taking what they need or what they think they want. They're vicious about it. Vicious. I mean, you go, you go in a park, okay? And there's a, a cat out there. He's a wild cat living in the park. But people have been feeding him every day. And he's, uh, you know, you can pet him, but not too much, you know. Don't get too close there, Jack. But he's okay, you know. He's, he'll take the food pretty much politely. And uh, maybe he'll gulp it down. Maybe he'll ask for more. Okay, then you take another cat in that same park, and he's never had human interaction. He's never had food given to him. He's just completely, totally feral. Uh, how does he act when he gets a little bit of food? He starts growling and screaming. He'll bite anything that gets close, even your hand, even your shoe. He's vicious. He's wild. He wants that food. By God, he's going to get it <clears throat> because his very survival depends on that meal. Where with the other cat, <clears throat> you know, the sort of kind of domesticated cat, he knows, well, you know, if something happens to this meal, same people are going to come tomorrow and bring more food, you know. And, uh, that's the difference between Western girls and Southeast Asian girls. They got nothing. Nothing. And they're vicious. They can be vicious. And you don't know how vicious. You, you can't grasp it until you've seen them and interacted with them. Um, now they know how to, you know, operate within the confines of normal society. So, you know, they're not necessarily going to take a hatchet to you when you sleep. Although a lot of girls do. A lot of girls do it. Southeast Asia, they do it. Kill you. Uh, it's very common for them to cut your wiener off, castrate you in your sleep. You, you smiled at their friend. Maybe you boinked her, I don't know, but at, the, at least you smiled at their friend. And she views that as an absolute threat. That means she's losing you or has lost you. And that means maybe she's going to die because she won't have food. She won't have medical. She won't have any socialized medical. Yeah. Fuck socialized medical. That's the biggest joke in the world. It's absurd. Let the snowflakes try that for a year or two. See how they like it. That'd be a good deal because it would wipe out, you know, large percentage of them. And I got a long, long, long one whole episode about that coming up. Um, now, we're going to go through some things here that kind of, they're geared more towards Western girls. But they will kind of sort of, if you use them, if you watch, if you pay attention, they will kind of sort of give you ideas of whether or not your Southeast Asian girl truly likes you and cares for you. The problem is this. Even if she does, even if she passes every single one of these tests with flying colors, you're still going to be number two or number three. It's going to be her first. It's going to be her family second. Could probably... You're going to be down there relegated to about the level of a friend. Uh, 
And even if she loves you, she'll screw you over. If she thinks she has to. Uh, in the Western countries, they might think about screwing you over. Some of them will. Um, especially when they get to be about 38. You got 2.3 kids in a nice split level house and she's looking more and more and more at the pool cleaner. And then they start thinking, okay, time for a change. And by the way, if I'm on my way, I'm taking everything I can get. You know, they, they tend to do it like that. Um, so she can, you, you can prove to yourself that your Southeast Asian girl loves you truly, but she'll still screw you. So you got to figure out ways to figure out if she's going to screw you or not. That's a different kind of a thing. Um, you look to see as you're going along through your relationship, does she prioritize you? Okay. You go to a big dinner and she's serving all the people. Maybe it's with her family, whatever she's serving everybody. Does she, what, what order does she serve you in if she's given a choice? Um, if she just lets you fumble around, get your own food, forget it. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. Forget it. Start figuring out a way to get her out right then. Um, does she get jealous? Well, that's that's kind of an indicator. Um, some girls are just insanely jealous. Even if they're planning on screwing you over, they're still jealous. So, you know, it's it's a nice thing to watch. You know, if she's insanely jealous, you know, get her out because she's going to castrate you. All you got to do is, you know, look at one of her friends wrong. And then you wake up in the middle of the night, you're searing pain, and, uh, and you hear the flushing toilet, and you think, oh, God. It's pretty common in Thailand, especially, but all over Southeast Asia. But uh, don't be this guy. <laughs> or, well, you're not. You're not that guy anymore. You're. Hello, my name is Bob. <laughs> and the, the the law, the law, the joke that they call the law in Thailand or Southeast Asia doesn't really do much. They think, well, that girl, she was really hurting, you know. Guy must be a real asshole. They don't like you anyway. They don't like phalanx. They don't want you there. Government doesn't. Police don't. Nobody wants you there. Nobody wants you there except in a few little villages out in the outback where they're not yet sick of phalanx. You know, the, the, the Brits got there before you and they mucked it up for you. So ties are pretty sick of what they think represents all of Western man, well, it, you know, it's mostly just the Brits. But they think that is a representation of all Western men. So they don't like you, they don't want you. Uh, if they can find a way to screw you over, just do it. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. Maybe that'll make you go home, you know. Um, if she's jealous, that can possibly be a positive. If she doesn't care about you, She's not going to be jealous at all. So rack that up, you know, keep, keep score, get a little notebook. Jealous? Yes, no. A little bit. How much? One to 10, one to five. Um, if she's not jealous at all, 
No. Probably time to cut and run. Out the back, Jack. Um, does she try to be around you? If you're in another room, does she come in the other room and plop down, sit there, want to talk? Or just fiddle around, just sit there and be quiet. Watch TV, have some snacks. Does she offer you some snacks? If she doesn't, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. She's not thinking about you. She's thinking about how comfortable can her life be. And you're this, yeah, you're the provider. You're this guy. You're, you're there, you know, kind of, you're just there. Uh, does she listen to you? If, you? if you're trying to teach her something. Now, Southeast Asia girls, oh, God, they hate to learn, except for Filipinos. But Thai girls, especially, they hate to learn. They don't want to learn. They don't want to, because Thailand is the center of the universe. Just ask them. And that's all they need to know. They only need to know things Thai, period. Ask them what they know about World War II. Oh, I, maybe I heard about that one time. Not really sure. Well, Thailand got its ass kicked World War II. The Japanese came in and had a little squabble up around uh, Wien Chin. And they killed a bunch of Thais. And the Thais were just totally, completely unprepared. And the Thai government finally woke up after, I don't know, two or three weeks or something. And said, hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And Japan basically just said, uh, well, we're uh, going to come to Thailand and we're going to take whatever we want. Uh, what do you think about that? In Thailand, they they wanted to say, well, we'll kill you all, you know. And that took about 11 minutes to figure out that wasn't going to happen. Um, Thailand said, well, I, oh, no, please, please, no, kill us. Let's make a treaty. Let's make an agreement. And the Japanese are like, yeah, okay, let's have an agreement. You call it whatever the hell you want. You know, we can call it genocide. You can call it an agreement. Okay, whatever. And basically the agreement was that Japan could come into Thailand and do anything they wanted, take anything they wanted, rip it to its core, natural resources and materials and anything else it wanted, women, whatever. And the Thai government would say, well, it's okay because we have a treaty. That's it. And they did. They came into Thailand and they just took whatever they wanted for as long as they wanted. Thailand just... Okay, well, you know, we still have our honor because we we made this treaty with them. You know, we give you everything in Thailand and you don't kill us, you know. That was a pretty good bargain, right? Okay, Thais are not taught this. Thais will tell you that they've never been invaded, they've never been taken over, they've never been overrun, they've never had anybody try to control them. Because, of course, everybody in the world knows that Thais are so tough that you, you wouldn't dare try to control them. Well... Thailand can ward off Cambodia and Myanmar. That's about it. That's about it. Maybe not even that. If they got really testy, you know, and came at Thailand, I'm not sure Thailand could could win against that. I'm not sure. It'd be a toss-up. be a really nasty, nasty, nasty thing. Okay. So, you're trying to teach your Thai girlfriend stuff. Maybe stuff that's going to make her a lot of money. 
Didn't care. Didn't care. She just, you, you, you'll be able to talk. You'll be allowed to speak for time it. Count it out. No more than 10 seconds. And her eyes are wandering. You'll see it. You'll just see it like that. She just drifts off and then... Fifteen seconds later, you ask her, what did I just say? Well, I don't know the language. I don't really understand the language. No, she didn't listen to the language. She didn't try. Um, if she really values you, she'll listen. She'll try. And if she's having trouble understanding, she'll say, wait, wait, wait. I, I don't understand. I don't understand what you're talking about. And so you, then you back up and you slow down and uh, if it turns out to be an entire topic that she's just not interested in at all, you you better figure that out. And you just back off. You say, okay, okay, you know, we can talk another time or we can talk about a different thing, something like that. But if she is not into you, she won't want to listen to anything at all. At all. Um, you can look, see if she tries to impress you. Does she do think? Does she cook meals that she thinks are really great? Doesn't matter if you can't eat them, you know. <laughs> uh, but if she's trying to do something for you like that, uh, that has some meaning. You know, I, I guess you could assign, you know, maximum scores for each one of these things. Score it all the way down. Um, does she try to impress you by keeping the home clean or is she just a pig? Uh, I had both kinds, mostly pigs, mostly pigs, mostly pigs in Thailand and also the Philippines and in every other country. The girls who are clean are really clean, man. Okay. Then you reward that. Thank you. Wow, you make such a beautiful home for me. And they smile because that makes them feel that they have ultimate value. But if they just won't do anything, I mean, she doesn't care about you or herself or anything else. She's not going to change at this point. If she's 20 and up, she's not going to change. She's forged by about 15, 16. Not going to change her. Get her out. The problem comes in when you happen to love one, like I did. And then you got big trouble. Okay. Does she like to flirt with you? Um, if she does, it's a really good sign. At least, you know, from the standpoint of lust. You know, the, the flirting doesn't have to come from the heart. It can come from the crotch. Um, if she does nothing, if she never flirts around, never jokes, never nothing, then she's not into you. Get her gone. Get her gone because it's not ever going to be a genuine relationship. It's going to be her getting stuff. Her getting stuff. I should get that to me. Her getting stuff. 
That's what life is about for her. How much stuff can she get? Uh, if the flirting doesn't happen, that's my advice. Just on that one point alone, just get it going. Um, does she care about your future plans together? Are you making plans together and you both have the same goal and you both have the same dream? It doesn't matter where it is. That's a good sign. You've got a common goal. You're, you're each pulling your half of the harness towards that goal. If it's only one of you pulling and she's back sitting in the cart, um, not going to work. Get her up. Get her going. Does she smile at you a lot? Well, okay, here's a weird thing with Thai, with Thai girls. Thailand is called the land of smiles, L-O-S. And it used to be when I first got there, people smiled a hell of a lot more than they do now. The deal was that the, the old king, Raman Nine, um, <clears throat> taught them to smile. He said, look, if you smile, your life is going to be better. The people around you are going to be happier. Um, the world is going to see Thailand as a happy place. It's going to want to come here and give you money. And that got their attention, you know. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. Oh, you know, like a joker. Uh, and they did smile a lot for decades and decades and decades. He, he was like, I don't know, 250 years old or something. So his influence was very long and very great on Thai culture. And he was a good stinking guy. He was a good guy. I know there's some, some arguments about that. Fuck him. Don't care. He was a good guy. Uh, he he did more for Thai culture single-handedly than, I don't know, many, maybe more than any other king. Um, now his son is in. And I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. No. Sorry, I'm not. Don't you either. Don't you even bring it up. Not even in a bar where you think nobody's listening. You go to prison. And I mean that for one one innocent comment in the back of a dark bar on a rainy night. Some bar girl hears that. You're gone. You go to prison. And the embassy can't help you. You do not talk about the king unless you're going to say great things. For me, I don't say anything if I can't say great things about the king. Any king. I can say great things about Rama 9. So I do. I genuinely, really liked him. Um, anyway, so Land of Smiles. Um, the smiles were forced. They were manufactured because King Ramanine, who they loved, said they should smile. So they did. Uh, he's gone now, quite a while ago. And the ties don't have so many things to be happy about. So it's it, it's getting harder and harder and harder for them to conjure up the impetus to smile. So they just don't. They want to. It's just not in there. They're not feeling it. Um, and st I, instead of land of smiles, I called it land of salmonella. You know, <laughs> probably more appropriate now. Oops, excuse me. Um, 
does she make prolonged eye contact with you? Because if she doesn't love you, then there's no reason to do that. In fact, she'll want to avoid your gaze. Because she doesn't want you to get a glimpse of what's inside her soul and her heart. She doesn't want you to see it. So she'll glance and she looks away. Looks at another thing like that. But if she enjoys looking at you in the eye, maybe, maybe, you know, give it some points. Um, if she, if she laughs at your jokes, uh, ties, the Thai humor is bizarre. I don't really understand it. If I understand anything about it, it is based on slap stick, Laurel and Hardy. That's what they like, you know, Wiley E. Coyote. That makes them laugh and giggle forever and ever uncontrollably. Anything more complex than that, they're not going to get it. So if you're trying to tell satirical, uh, you know, British jokes, no. <laughs> they're not even going to know when it's time that they're supposed to laugh. So this is a big one for, for, for ladies of your own culture, not for Southeast Asia. Um, forget about trying to joke with them unless you've been there forever and ever and you speak Thai fluently and you really are positive, you understand their sense of humor, until then, don't even attempt it. Just don't even, don't even go there. Um, does she try to talk to you? Does she want to seek you out for conversations? That's a weird one. Um, in the Western cultures, that has some meaning to it. Um, I don't know that it does in Thai female culture. It has some meaning, but I think not nearly the meaning that it has in Western culture. I used to run into this thing a lot, all the time. Really a lot, very, very commonly. I would meet some girl, we'd you know, hang around for a while, a day or a week or whatever, and she would, of course, you know, they're always bugging you to go to your condo because they, they want to cement this deal. Doesn't necessarily mean they, in their heart of hearts, want to have sex, but they they see it as cementing a deal, getting, getting some claws into you. Uh, the other side of it is that Southeast Asian girls have insanely high libidos. Insanely high. I can't count the number of girlfriends I've had that I don't even know where their limit was. Uh, they wanted sex three times a day. If you could, if you could give them sex three times a day, that was pretty much okay. They'd, they'd kind of leave you alone. If you, let's say you were a robot, energize a rabbit, and you were willing to give them as much sex as they ever wanted, I don't even know where that is. I don't know where that goes. If, Five, six, seven, ten. I don't know how many. Maybe you just never get out of bed. I don't know. Um, by the time I got there, I was getting a little bit older, and three times a day was, you know, <laughs> beginning to become problematic. And in pretty much every case, I would have to have a talk. Say, look, you know, oh God, you're so hot. You're so hot. I love you. You're so beautiful. I want to have sex with you every hour, forever and ever and ever. But you know, I'm I'm not 
24 anymore, you know. Look, can you see? No, I really am. I'm 28, you know. Can you, can you tell? Cause I, and I, I can't, I can't do it three times a day anymore. Oh God, I want to, I want to, you know, you do it like that. <laughs> and they were always profoundly disappointed. And it doesn't mean they loved you. It means they just had stupidly high libidos. I don't know why that is the case in Southeast Asia. Uh, um, are they all the same? I think so. It's a genetic thing, I guess. I don't know. The whole region. Maybe the, maybe the Muslims down in Malaysia are, are a little bit more subdued. I'm not sure. Singapore may be subdued. I don't know. Um, but anyway, back to the point. I had this thing that became, I, I didn't understand it for the first 10 or 20 or 30 times. And then I, I well, I, I didn't really ever completely understand it. But what happens is you, you would end up at your place and you end up in the bed. Maybe you've had sex already. Maybe you haven't. Didn't seem to matter. Well, yeah, it did matter. They, they always want to do this after. Um, they would begin to talk to you. And it was just them talking, and you better listen. And they're going to tell you their entire life story from the moment they were born, pretty much. Every experience they've ever had, everything they ever felt. And you just got to listen and you got to nod once in a while and say, oh, okay, you know, and you touch them on the shoulder. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, really. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I don't know how long any of them could ever keep this up because I think I fell asleep every single time. Uh, and a few cases where I, where I saw this was coming on and I'd get up and drink a Red Bull because I knew this was going to be an all-nighter. And I'd drink a Red Bull, lay back down there, and I'd go, you know, like that. And after six, seven, eight hours, six, seven, eight hours, uh, they're still talking, and they aren't the slightest, teeniest bit tired. They're, 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 I don't know, they're... Like you got a chatty doll, okay, and, and she doesn't have double A batteries. She's plugged into a car battery. You know, she ain't gonna run down this month. Uh, and I think certainly 85% of the time I fell asleep after many hours, hours, hours of this. And I, and I didn't want to do that. And I felt so bad about it. I, even after the Red Bull, I just couldn't. What percentage of them did this? I would say. I don't know, maybe 70%. Um, even the straight-up bar girls would do that. And I don't know if they did this to every guy they met. I just don't know, but it was a weird phenomenon anyway. So does that have meaning? Does that mean that they care for you? Well, I don't think so because, you know, the bar girls did it too. Uh, and it was one-sided conversation, you know. She'd never just stop and hesitate and say, "Well, how about you? What what was your like when life like when you were five? You know, it's not going to happen. It's going to be her. So I don't think, I don't think if they're doing that, I don't think that's a sign they 
they genuinely love you. Um, does she find excuses to touch you or sit close to you? Does she sit down on the sofa and she's a foot away eating her Cheetos, you know? Or does she squeeze in as close as she can get to you, hand on your leg, offers you some Cheetos? You know, that, that goes for Western girls. It goes for, for Southeast Asian girls also equally. Um, okay, I guess we've covered some of these other things. Um, okay, now, I know a girl. I knew her pretty well. knew her for quite a while. She was a, a bar girl. Really, really, really pretty girl. She was probably 30. Yeah, probably 30. Um, but her character was shit. And I figured it out pretty early. I mean, within a week or two. But she just happened to be in a place that I was hanging around and I would see her a lot. And she would always sit down and want to talk because she's looking for a new, new boyfriend, a new husband. And her story was, about five years before, um, she met a uh, Finnish guy, a Finn. Finn? No, wait. No, no, no. Norwegian, I'm sorry. Norwegian. Norwegian. Um, and he was, um, you know, 15, 20 years older. Well, that just, that just means nothing. It just means nothing in Southeast Asia. That's nothing. That's, that's pretty close in age, you know, actually. Um, and he hung around, he was on vacation, and he hung around, he liked her, he liked her, he liked her, oh my god, and he invited her back to Norway, and of course, she, you know, what's she, what's, what's she going to do, say no, you know, whatever the hell, and he took her back, got a visa, it was, it's easy to get visas for Thai girls to many, many countries, not to America or Great Britain, America's probably the worst. Australians, fairly e easy and, you know, all countries are a pain, but not like America. You know, they leave the southern border open and let 50,000 people a week just flood in. But if you legitimately try to bring somebody in who can be vetted and who is going to be taken care of and paid for, forget it. It's going to take you a year and it's going to cost you a fortune and... Uh, the odds are somewhat high-ish. You're not ever going to get that visa unless it's a marriage visa. So anyway, he took her to uh, to Norway, Norway, and he married her. And he provided for her really, really well. Beautiful home. And he worked a lot. He had to go out and work. Uh, I think he had something like two and a half weeks on and a week and a half off every month, something like that. So he's gone a lot. And uh, I don't believe she fooled around, which is something to her credit. It's about the only thing to her credit. Finally, after four years of marriage, she said he stormed in one day and just picked a fight. And he started... Xing off a long list of things she did that he could no longer tolerate. 
And she said, you got to the last one, and this was the biggest one for him. This was the capper. This was the one that he based this decision on. He got to this last item. He was building up to it. He got to this last one, and he said, you know, we've been married four years. You've lived here for four years. You've watched me go to work for long, long, long periods of time. What do you think I do for a living? She had to admit she didn't know. She had no clue. And he said, why don't you know what my job is? And she, the way she related it to me was that she was really pissed off that he would have the audacity to ask her why she didn't know what he did for a living. And, and her attitude was, well, why do I care? Why do I care? You, you, you get the money. As long as the money comes, it's okay. I don't care what you do. Turned out he was a commercial fisherman. She had no clue. And he just gave her a teensy little bit of money, put her on a plane, sent her back, and then handled the divorce later. Uh, she had been back in the bar a year when I met her. Um, and she was just incensed that he had thrown her out because she had never once asked in four years what he did for a living. She, she just couldn't believe that anybody could be so shallow and stupid. Okay, you get one of those, you don't wait four freaking years. Yeah, if she hasn't asked you in a week, probably time to get her gone. Uh, man, she was there. She was there. She, she told me that you know, she didn't really care because she wasn't going to be in that bar very long um, because she was so hot and desirable that she, she don't, you know, she'd only going to be there another couple of weeks. You know, somebody would take her and marry her because she was just so hot and so perfect. And uh, uh, Well, let's see, nine years later, she was still in that bar. So that's, that's Thai girls. And if... You know, it comes back to the same old Thai girl thing when you try to pin them down on any stupid thing they've done. Like, Up to me. Up to me. And they just walk away. So, yeah, it's up to her to stay single forever. Eat rice and live with no aircon. Up to her. Perfectly fine with me. Uh, okay. So... We've covered a few more of the ways you can look for, do a litmus test on, on your girl in Southeast Asia. Lots more ways, and, and I'll try to hit more of them as we go along. Um, let's see, I'm, I'm looking down my list here. I've still got this long, 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 long list of stuff that people have written in <clears throat> that they want answers to. i just trying to figure out what to... I, we're, we're so far off the script now, I don't know if we'll ever get back on it. Um, I'm just going to reiterate this again. You know, Ask yourself pretty much daily, are you really escaping the matrix at all by coming here to Southeast Asia? Is it just going to be a new matrix? And it's going to be a confusing one for you because you don't know the ropes. It'll take you years and years. 
11 years for me, do I know the ropes? No. No, I know enough to survive. I, I, I feel as though I'm only at the point where I can survive comfortably without being too surprised. Still get surprised, but not like the early days. Uh, I had lived on Indian reservations and around in some rough lifestyles and things, and I, well, some really rough lifestyles. Really rough lifestyles. In really remote areas. And uh, I thought I knew a thing or two about life. Well, I, I did. I, I came better equipped than most of the other guys, but I still made, you know, long lists of mistakes. Um, God, these guys, they only want to know about girls. Can't we just answer all the girl questions? Um, here's a story. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> I met a girl. <laughs> I met a girl. Uh, how did I meet? Oh, I met her in the mall. Really tall girl. Beautiful beyond description. She was a 10. No question, she was a 10. And um, we hit it off pretty good. Her English was pretty good. She had a good, gainful job. Um, she drove new vehicles off of the, uh, the cargo ships that arrived in the port. And that's what she did. That was her job all day, every day. Been doing it for years. What is going on now? Monsoon? The, the, the monsoons hit the air conditioners outside the building and sound like beer is trying to break in. Um, so I got hooked up with this girl. She wanted a real boyfriend. She had money of her own. She had a brand new SUV. Her life was good. You know, she wasn't a bar girl. Had no interest in the bars, nothing. What the hell? Every time, every time. They get a peephole or something that looks into, into my little cubicle. And when they see me doing a podcast, they say, okay, it's time, come on guys. And they start banging shit. Okay, anyway. I, I, every night, every night, every day, every night, whatever, doesn't matter. Probably do it at three o'clock in the morning, I don't know. Um, so anyway, we stayed together for a while. We'd probably been together four or five months. And a, a few things were becoming annoying. Um, she was a pretty good cook. We hung out okay. God, she was another one that was just insatiable. Just insatiable. I could not begin to keep up. I mean, you know, ain't no slouch, okay? You guys, okay, here, 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 here's a good point. You guys, you guys, you're coming, you're coming down here. You are 65 and up. Some of you are 75 or more. Uh, and you dream and dream and dreaming about having a nice hot girlfriend. First of all, don't touch anything under about age 35. Just, you know, it doesn't matter how much they throw themselves at you, and they will. Um, 
Now, I just made that statement, and then I got to qualify it. I said, don't touch anything, anyone under age 35. Okay. 99.9999999, how many nines do you want? Percent of the cases, that's good advice. However, God, I hate to say this, every once in a while, you'll see a guy that's uh, 60, finds an 18-year-old, and they hook up, and you're thinking, oh, God, no, oh, you creepy old bastard. Jeez, come on, really good. And, and and maybe even take him aside. You say, hey, hey, Bob, hey, Bob, come on. You know, I've been around here a lot longer than you. And I'm telling you, you know, I'm telling you, there's only one reason she's there. Um, and he might kind of sort of believe you or maybe not. But they stay together for a while. And you're thinking, okay. You know, let's just watch this thing. We're going to watch it play out, see what, how it's going to crash and burn, you know, because it's going to crash and burn. You know that. Um, and then after a while, they've been married for 14 years, got a couple of kids. Uh, he had money problems. She supported him. You know, now she's 32, 36. He's old, he's got health problems, she's really taking care of him. Uh, dang it. I, I wish those never ever happened because then I could say, just don't do it. Just, you know, blanket, blanket, blanket case. Just don't, don't do it. Not once, not ever, not ever. As much as I hate, you know, I don't want to give you guys hope. As much as I hate to say it, there, there are a sprinkling of cases where that works out. And I've watched them in real time work. And I don't really understand them. I don't understand them. But it's not for me to understand necessarily. Well, I like to understand all things, but... Uh, God dang it. Now, having said that, I had, I had one girl. Oh, I'm there. Probably in the mall, I don't know. And she was 18. No, maybe 19. And she was just intensely interested in me, and I sort of blocked her off for a while, kept her at arm's length, and she just kept coming at me, coming at me, coming at me, and I thought, okay, well, you know, I know what you want there, honey. Um, but if you want to hang around, you know, I'll go into this with my eyes open because I know what's coming. There's going to be some kind of a screw-over thing, some bad thing is going to happen, okay. So that particular girl, she moved in. Um, I was, uh, how old? Late 50s, I guess. She was 19. Gorgeous girl. Everything I could want in a girl. Personality, character, demeanor, looks, everything you could ever want. And we were going along okay. Everything was pretty much okay. And I think, well, this is kind of weird. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know. And my friends would start mentioning this to me about, you know, um, you know, this is not a healthy thing. This is, you know, this cannot work out. You know this, right? You're, you're not deluding yourself, right? And I would say, yeah, yeah, I know. I know that. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, you know, I just in the moment, whatever, whatever happens, happens, you know. 
you know, it has no meaning to me, you know, I don't have any feelings. Why do you think I'm stupid, you know? Okay, so after a while of this, after a while of my friends telling me how impossible the situation was, it just kind of wore on me. And we had no problems whatsoever at all. We had no problems. We were pretty happy. But all my friends bugging me about this, it just slowly, slowly turned me. And after a couple of months of listening to my friends, and I'm truly not a guy who normally does this. I, I truly tend to walk my own path. But these guys were relentless at it. And, and, and in the back of my mind, I, I also thought, well, you know, I, I've never seen one of these work out, you know. Okay, so this one's not going to either. So I ended it just based on the advice of friends. And she was heartbroken. Never asked me for a dime. Cooked and cleaned everything you could ever hope for. Sweet. And I sent her away. And then it was only years later that I began to see a few of these work out. That I began to think, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? I broke her heart for nothing, broke my own heart for nothing. Maybe, why? Maybe later it wouldn't have worked out. But there was a possibility that it might have. And I didn't let it play out. Killed it. Killed it. And that brings me almost to tears to this day. So I'm telling you, don't go with any girl under 35. I, even if you're 35. Even if you're 25, don't go with any girl under 35 because they're going to screw around. They're going to fuck you over. Except not all of them. Now you, yeah, shit. I was going to say you're never going to see that in the U.S. or Western country. Yeah, I did. I did occasionally see things like that. It's some kind of a daddy complex thing Western girl would have on some older guy. Um, but it's a really, really, really rare. It's not rare at all in Southeast Asia. Just remember that, you know, you get hooked into one of those relationships. The, the odds of it not working out are higher than you can possibly imagine, and it's probably not worth the time. There was a guy, another guy I knew, who married, a, he was a retired pilot. He was, um, how old? He's probably 60. And he met a 20-year-old Thai girl. And after, jeez, I don't know, after 10 years, they got married. After 10 years, he said he was supremely happy. She appeared to be too. And his friends, I was there one time, and his friend asked him, well, how hard was it to find this one, do you know? And he said, well, you know, I, I went through a thousand of them before I found her. Okay, do you have the energy and the time and the money? Patience to go through a thousand, a thousand of them to find one good one? Well, I don't know if it, 
if it's really, really that good, if it's really, really soulmates, then yeah, I guess you do it. Um, I haven't gone through a thousand, gone through some portion of that. I haven't found the one. Maybe I got to go through a thousand. Ew, God, no. <laughs> okay, so I was gonna, I started out talking about this other girlfriend, and she had this job driving cars off the ship. Good job, made okay money from Thai standards, you know. I mean, she bought a brand new SUV. And um, she moved in. We stayed together for I'm, I'm, somewhere around four months, you know, give or take. And she was becoming a little bit annoying. She was bossy. She was getting more and more bossy. The more comfortable she got, the more bossy she was getting. And then she made some comment one day about I don't know why this came up. She, she made a comment about um, what the man's responsibility was in a relationship with a Thai girl. Uh, and what her responsibility was. And her responsibility was to clean the home and cook and, and just fuck him silly for, until he died, you know. And, and, and actually that does happen. Not all that uncommonly. <laughs> they, they, they start feeding these guys full of Viagra and all kinds of this other horrible shit that's not, not approved for anything. And they just kill a guy, kill a guy in bed. I personally know a girl who did that. And it's uh, not uncommon. Anyway, so this girl made this comment about how if the guy didn't keep up his end of the bargain, he better know what can happen. She gave me a really sour, nasty, evil look. Just in that one tiny little glimpse, I could see into her soul and I could see that it was rotting manure down at the bottom. Um, and I was, at that moment, I decided, okay, I think this is probably the end there, girl. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of the best way to get her out. And she, she proved another one to be really, really, really hard to get out. Uh, I, I did get her out <laughs> the only way. She wouldn't leave. Um, I waited for her to go to work. I took all her stuff and put it downstairs in the lobby. And then told the guards, you know, no, I, I, you know, this is a kind of old routine by now. I print a picture of them and give them to the guards and say, no, 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 she cannot come. <laughs> you know, like Gandalf in the Hobbit movie where they, you cannot pass. <laughs> That's what I felt like. And then in, uh, she would spend the weekend sleeping in her car in the uh, in the parking lot. You know, I, I made sure she kept her room in case this ever happened because this was a new relationship. And that's another thing. Don't ever let them give up their room. You know, maybe not for years. <laughs> uh, just, just if you got to just pay for the room, it's going to be a couple thousand. It's going to be 60 bucks a month or something like that. Just keep their room. So that if they run off the rails and go crazy, you can say, okay, there's a cab fare. Um, the other side of that is that if she's not trustworthy, she'll be taking her Thai boyfriends there or other phalangs or whatever. Anyway, so I got this girl out. She spent a week in her SUV outside the condo and middle of the night, she was, I was up on 14, I think, or something like that. Middle of the night, she would lay down there and start laying on the horn and I knew who it was. Oh, jeez, you know, it just went on like that. 
interminably. Finally got her gone. One of the things that was leading up to me having thoughts about getting her gone was that every time she went somewhere, now this is a really weird one and this is disgusting. Well, it's kind of, some people are gonna say, oh my God, that's hot. Oh, I'm going to Thailand right now. Oh, and some people are gonna say it's disgusting. And I don't know, 65% I found it disgusting. <laughs> You know, 35%. I thought, oh, God, that's hot. Anyway, anytime we went somewhere, she always drove. It was her car. And um, in traffic, out of traffic on the freeway, downtown, it didn't matter. She wanted me to masturbate her all the time she was driving. All the time. Preferably don't stop. You know, make sure your fingers don't get tired. Switch hands, whatever. I resisted it for a while, and then I, she was so insistent about it, I just sort of went for it. I, I thought maybe I would learn something. You know, I, I'm a little bit Victorian, and I thought, well, maybe you know, they'll loosen you up there, dumbass. It didn't really. No, I didn't. It didn't. It didn't. They gave me a story I can tell, but that's all that benefited me. You know, really? Okay. So anyway, finally she's out. She's gone. She's pretty much forgotten. And years and years and years later, now I, I still have 107,000 Southeast Asia photos that I haven't even sorted. Uh, you go to stockphotosworldwide.com, which is one way you can get to these podcasts, or you can go to retiresoutheastasia.com. But anyway, on the Stock Photos site, it's my site, um, there's a bunch of Southeast Asia pictures on there. A lot of them are of street girls, bar girls, whatever. Um, and years and years and years later, I was going through some of these pictures. Just, just I, I, I was so intimidated by the sheer volume of them that I just, I just look at them. And, you know, I'd look for 10, 15 minutes and then <laughs> close the folder. There, no, no, I can't ever do this in this lifetime. Um, that's what I was doing that one night. And I'm just flicking, 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 you know, looking for one that just stood out to be really, really a great picture. And uh, there she was. What, what, what the hell? What the hell? Wait, 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 what's going on? And I, and I went back, I looked up the, uh, the date stamp on the, on the photo. Well, the date stamp was after we'd been together a couple of months. What was she doing there? She was on the street, on the hooker street, standing in the line with all the other hookers with a really short skirt, smiling at the at the greasy Brits as they walked by. Huh? <laughs> now, I had been around quite a while by that time, and I thought I was getting to know stuff. Clearly, I wasn't. I mean, I had even toured her place of work. I never talked to her again, so I couldn't ask her, hey, well, you know, since when are you a streetwalker? Um, maybe she was doing it on her days off. 
Maybe when she told me she was going shopping, she was going to the street. Maybe it was because I couldn't put out three or four times a day and she just couldn't get enough. She had to go there. I don't know. Maybe she's doing it for free. I don't know. No clue. But there she was in all her glory. Beautiful girl. The hell? Okay. So that's the shit that's going to happen to you. It is. That's going to happen to you. Probably again and again and again and again and again and again and again. So this whole concept of mine of getting neutered before you come, you know, starting to make a little more sense, isn't it? I hope it is. <laughs> I don't even remotely know if it's possible, but check it out. Um, okay, I'm, I'm exiting off things we've covered here. Uh, okay. God, I want to get rid of these girl stories so we can move on to stuff that has more meaning. I used to think that girls were the very essence of the meaning of life. There was nothing in life without girls or without a girl. That was, that was since the day I was born, that was my dream to have a girl marry forever and ever and ever. Well, I did that. And then what she do? She died, you know? So that kind of, Killed my interest in that whole concept. Yeah, that was a hard one. Um, anyway, now, I just want to be neutered. <laughs> I met a girl in Phuket. Um, I was living way south of Phuket. She was up in Phuket. And another gorgeous, gorgeous, stunningly gorgeous girl. Just, just can't believe it. Can't believe it. And we hit it off really well. She had a hair salon. She was successful. She was doing good. Um, nice. She had passable English. Not too many Philang customers, but never been around a bar. Couldn't get her in a bar. Maybe she was a street hooker. I don't know. How, how do you know anymore? How do you know? Um, if you if you're born and raised in Thailand, I guess you've got to be looking at your your grandma. You know, Granny, um, where do you go in the afternoon? You know, because you you just can't trust any of them. But anyway, we hit it off pretty well, and then better and better and better and. We had been dating. I would fly up to see her and she would fly down to see me. We'd been dating for probably six months. Exclusive. I was. I, I assume she was. I think she was. Um, never asked me for a dime. Paid for her own tickets sometimes when she could. You know, being successful in Thailand doesn't mean you've got money to fly around. It just means you can feed yourself and pay for your rent, you know. Um, so after about six months, I decided, you know, I'm just banging around this country. This is the best girl I've met. Out of all, I've learned all these lessons. This is the best one. And I think she's got what it takes to, you know, go the distance. I think I can be happy with this one. Really, I feel like I can. And I've never done this since I lost my wife. 
I've thought about it once or twice, but not seriously. But this one, I asked her to marry me. She said, okay. Um, I thought, okay, let's do it. Let's just do this. I've been, I've been hanging around here, wasting time long enough. Let's just do this. See how it goes. Because we were, we were really happy after six months. Um, so she started making the uh, arrangements. She wanted to have her wedding way the hell up by, you know, up on the on the Thai side of Wienchen, up in there, up way up in the mountains. Really gorgeous place. Cool and misty. Oh God, it's a gorgeous place up in there, south of Wienchen, about. Hundred miles. I can't think. There's some little towns up there, and I can't, for the life of me, think of the names of them. Anyway, that's where her family was. She wanted to have the wedding with her family. Okay, no problem. And she wanted to go all out, goo goo gog gog. You know, biggest wedding ever in the village. Well, I, I'm not really into that. But you know, sometimes you just gotta say okay. And you know, by American standards, the price was going to be cheap. It was going to be uh, three thousand dollars for everything. You know, the village had never seen anything like that. Uh, I said, okay, okay, do it. Make the arrangements, let's do it. Oh God, she was so happy. And she worked on those arrangements for weeks, trying to come up with the, the right day, you know, and on and on and on. Oh God, she was excited. And she got everything pinned down to, to where she wanted it. And Then she said, okay, can you send me the money? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And, and I was okay. I, yeah, I was very, very, very untrusting, but I was going to trust her. Um, and I was getting ready to send the money, and she, we messaged back and forth a few times, and, and then all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, she pops up, and she says, um, on top of the 3000 for the wedding, uh, I want 3000 for me, too. Huh? Huh? For what? Like a dowry? Well, she was like 38. Had a kid. They don't get dowries. If you're a virgin and you're 17, yeah, you sort of get a dowry only... In real Thai culture, it's a kind of a make-believe dowry. You give it to the family, and then after the ceremony, they give it back to you. Um, and it's going to be a small amount, you know, a thousand bucks maybe. But it's just for show. Uh, if you have been married before, you virtually don't get a dowry. If you have a kid, also, you really, really, really don't get a dowry. Ten bucks, you know, <laughs> that's about it. That's Thai culture. If the girls try to talk you into some kind of big dowry and they've been married before, and especially if they got a kid, no, 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 run, stop it, get out, out the back, Jack, because it's just scammy, stupid shit. They're just milking you for whatever they can get. If they really cared about you, if they really cared about you and them together and your future, they would want you to save that money so you could buy a little plot of land or plant a really big garden or 
whatever, you know, buy a buffalo, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, they're not going to be demanding $3,000. And she never said it was a dowry. She just wanted it for her. Like I was going to buy her for $3,000. Um, and I didn't reply. I just blocked her. And it was about three weeks later... The phone rang. Her number was blocked, so I knew it couldn't be her. Phone rang. And I answered. It was And it was her. And she just stayed on the other end of the line, quietly crying. Never would say anything. I asked her several times. Okay, you know, you want to talk to me, talk to me. Never would say a word. Blocked her again. So... You know, you're, you're hearing every variation of every kind of story. Well, there are only a few norms. It, 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 these stories are highly variable, and they will be for you, too. And that's why that's why you're going to be so easily tricked. You're going to, you're going to be going along, and you're going to be thinking, Let, let's see now, that guy said, he said, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Yeah, okay, This is these things are not happening, so therefore it must be okay. No, it's just a new variation of a scam. Jeez. Okay. Oh, excuse me. What the hell? God dang. Yeah, we got time. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through these things that are re going to require stories, but I don't have the energy to make them very long. And it, we may just call it an evening. Here, I'll give you a little short story. Uh, a group of um, fairly big-name um, newscasters came to Bangkok to party week or something, I don't know. Uh, there were some big names in there, two or three big names from the U.S. And they hung around and they partied and they did this and they probably got some girls, I don't know what all, and they went drinking and that's what you do when you come to party in Bangkok. Um... And one night, they're in a bar, upscale bar, downtown Bangkok. And the police come in. And they go upstairs. And it's mostly phalangs upstairs. Police knew this. And they rounded them up, marched them downstairs, made them empty all their pockets, passports, wallets, everything on the table. And the police then said, by the way, uh, we found these bags of drugs on you. And uh, you're going to go to prison right now. And the guys were like, no, no, you didn't find those on us. You know, what the hell are you talking about? And it's pretty clear right from the get-go. It was a shake shakedown. And they had a pretty heated argument there for a while. And, and the cops were saying, look, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we can just make it go away, you know, give us, um, you know, a million baht, you know, about 30 grand. And um, 
you know, we'll, we will consider that you've learned your lesson and you're not going to do it again. One million baht, you know, you can walk out. Got a million baht? Well, let's go to the ATM. You know. Come on, it's okay. We'll help you. And these guys weren't going to roll over for this shit. Now, a lot of guys would. God, sometimes rightly so. These guys were not going to roll over because they were involved in national media and they could blow this son of a bitch wide open if they could get approval through their networks to do it. That's another thing. Um, and they put their feet down said, bullshit. No, call the embassy right now. Call the embassy. They got to the point where that's all, that was their mantra. That's all they would say. They wouldn't answer anything else. Call the embassy. Call the embassy. Every time the cops would try to come at them with a new ploy to get money, they call the embassy. And they go right down the line. I think there were like four or five of these guys. Call the embassy. Call the embassy. Call the embassy. Call the embassy. You know, I can repeat this 10,000 times. Call the embassy. And uh, finally the cops relented and gave them back their stuff, took their bags of dope and walked out. Um, that shit, if you're hanging around Bangkok and you look like a foreign partier, that shit's going to happen. That's going to happen. Um, and a lot of the guys will pay. A lot of the, a lot of the guys will go to jail. Now, the, the conviction rate, if, a, if the Thai police charge a phalang, the conviction rate in court is something like 97%. So nearly all get convicted. How many do you think are guilty? 50, 60% probably? The guy's sitting there rotten right now in Bangkok. Well, in every one of the Southeast Asian countries, but Bangkok is a big one for this. The corrupt, corruption runs so deep. If I talked for another hundred episodes and told these stories for another hundred episodes, I would only convince you to the degree of about 30% of how corrupt it is. You got to go there and see it. And hopefully you don't see it from the wrong end of things. Now we got more stories like this we're going to go through. Some most are much worse than this. Much worse. Um, there's another girl story. Now in the Philippines, I don't know what the age of consent is. I never even looked it up. I, I think it's like, I think it's 14. No, 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 wait. It might be 14. I'm not sure. I think it's 12 with parents' consent, something like that. If you, something like that. It's just stupidly young. Um, there are old 72-year-old phalangs walking around Philippines, married to 12-year-old girls. Not that many 12-year-olds, but plenty of 14-year-olds. And they'll move in with the family or next to the family and... The family knows that's their cash cow. They're going to get taken care of from now on. And I don't know that they, that they even have to push these girls into it. Probably in some cases they do, some cases they don't. It's not all that common. Well, out in the provinces, it's not all that uncommon. In the cities, you're probably not going to see it. 
if it's happening, you're not going to see it. You're just going to think, oh, well, that's the daughter. The granddaughter. No, it's the wife. In a lot of cases, it's the wife. Um, so I, I keep hammering at you about how different these cultures are down here. Um, in some of these cases, I know that the girl did not have to be coerced into this. She's perfectly happy. Perfectly happy. It's kind of a badge of, of honor to have a phalang husband. Especially if he takes care of your family. Then you did good. That means you did good. Then that means you're golden. You're, you did what you were expected to do when you were born. To provide for your family. And what better way to do it than to, than to find a semi-rich phalang? I can't remember what the threshold for being rich here is. It's stupidly low. It's like if you're making something like 4,000 US a month here in the Philippines, that's considered quite rich. Not well off. That's rich. 4,000 or 4,500 a month, something like that. So guys come down here with, with pensions of 10, 15 grand a month. How do you think they live? They own the place. They own it. Own it. Uh, okay. Now, tell you another story. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Learn by example. I was in northern Thailand, and I knew a family really well. They lived all together, all the relatives of that family lived together in a kind of a little complex. They, they, had, they were, had their houses all next to and across from each other at a dead-end road. And they had a nice little family thing going there. They were good people, really good people. Um, there were some kids there. I loved the kids. I was best buds with the kids. God, I, I love Southeast Asian kids. I don't like American kids. I, they're, they're precocious and nasty and arrogant and rude. And, oh, geez. But Southeast Asian kids, I, I just love them to death. Um, one of the families there got killed. And they had a daughter. Now, I'd known the daughter since she was a little girl, really little girl. And we were good friends. We were good friends. We horsed around all the time. When her family got killed, she was 14. Let's see, four, yeah, 14. And we went through the whole thing and funeral and all that stuff. And, and the families, the remaining families loved me. They, had, they wanted me to come live in their house with them. You know, certainly some of that was so they could get money. Not all of it. They really did like them, and they really did like me. And we went out and did stuff. Um, after we got the, that family buried, burned actually, they approached me and asked me if I could take care of this daughter who now didn't have a family. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Um, 
you know, I, I have to go back to my hometown pr pretty soon. And uh, I don't know, you know, I, I never thought about trying to raise a, a teenage girl. It's never entered my mind, you know, because she's got all this family here. You guys can take care of her, right? She's happy here. She's born here. And they said, no, 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 you don't take care of you, marry. Huh? And they uh, obviously already talked to her about it. She's sitting there looking at me. Like, yeah, 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 come on, let's go, let's go. This is a new chapter in my life, you know, come on, it's you and me, let's go. And the parents tried everything, or not the parents, the other family tried everything to uh, to get this to work. They just wanted me to just take her, just back her up, take her back to my city, and then do what? I don't know. Well, I do know, Mary. Um, in the end, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't take her. I couldn't, I just, I was not in a position to take care of a girl that age. I, and, and she, you know, geez. let alone get married. I, I couldn't even take care of her as a, as a daughter of some friends, you know. I, 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 it was so, just wasn't gonna work, period. And I, and God, that made her terribly, horribly sad. She never spoke to me again. She won't speak to me to this day. And that was seven years ago, probably. Something like that. Won't speak to me. We're still friends on Facebook, but she will not answer anything. I broke her heart. So these kind of things are going to happen to you. If you're out and around, if you're just sitting in the bars, you know, with the Brits, an expat club, you know, no, that shit's not going to happen to you. Um, but if you're out moving around, having a life, all of this stuff in a hundred thousand times more is going to happen to you. So, is that the adventure you're looking for by coming to Southeast Asia? Well, for me, I wanted adventure, that's for damn sure. I had no idea it was going to be pretty much exclusively girl adventure. That never entered my head at all. Yeah, I mean, look at me. I could never get a date in any Western country. Couldn't. You go to try to talk to girls even your own age there anymore. They just hit you with the purse call security. They call 9-1, you know. Say another word, asshole. Um, so girls for guys in my situation in, in the Western countries are just they're just a no-go. It's not gonna happen. So you're gonna you're just gonna stay alone forever. Um I have realized, I don't know, God dang. there's a part of me that wants to stay alone because of all the bullshit I've gone with South, gone through with Southeast Asian girls. Uh, part of me would like to find a good one. Mostly I just don't look, I, I, I don't meet gazes anymore. I don't smile back at smiles anymore. Just tired, tired of the shit, tired of the scams, tired of the lies. And I don't know if that's going to change. 
If it does change, which way is it going to go? I don't know. And there's a very high probability you will get to that same exact point because very, 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 very many guys who come here do. They just give up. They just burn out on the shit and the problems. They just burn out. They just stay alone. I know so many guys like that. They tell me that they, they're lonely. Okay, They go out. They go out to eat. Friends, whatever. They're looking around. Some girls give them the eye. And they're thinking... Oh, wow, look, wow, she, she's, she's smiling at me and staring. And, oh, I wonder, maybe I should talk to her. And, and then instantly, the, 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 the ten-penny nail penetrates through the temple, and they say, oh, God, no, no, I remember now. I remember. Oh, Jesus, wake up, wake up, wake up. Um, it's just going to be pain and problems and unexplained debits out of your accounts and money missing out of your wallet and rudeness and fucking around with your friends and so it's going to be. And after you got two or three, four hundred lightning bolts like that have gone through and seared your brain from the inside out, that's a pretty effective barrier to make you just, you know, when they're smiling and staring and looking like they want to come over and talk to you, you just look away. That's what you end up doing. You just instinctively, after you start remembering all that shit, you just look away. Well, okay, so in the Western countries, most of us get to that point when we're about 35. So I guess, you know, in Southeast Asia, at least you can add, you know, a whole bunch more years to that of getting screwed over, you know. And <laughs> in the Western countries, uh, you stop yourself from getting screwed over by about age 35. Well, the girls will stop you because they won't talk to you anymore. In Southeast Asia, you know, you're free to continue getting screwed over for another, you know, 35, 40 years, something like that. So, so yeah, oh, that means it's a great place. You know, you, you, you can be miserable for far, far longer, you know. Hell. What is our time? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> All right, well, another episode in Down Alice's Rabbit Hole. I, we're on 21, episode 21. I, I anticipated no more than 20, maybe extreme 25. We got probably 10 or 15 more to go. And then if the questions keep coming in, I don't even know. I don't even, maybe, maybe there's just no end to it. The questions will just come forever. We'll have to keep answering them, I don't know. Uh, it'd be really fun to do, a, make you guys do a quiz, you know? See what you're retaining out of all this shit, what you're actually learning. That would be a lot of fun. I'm just too lazy to set it up. Okay, so to get these things, go to stockphotosworldwide.com. All tapes are copyright 2023 by stockphotosworldwide.com. Uh, or you can go to uh, Retire Southeast Asia. You don't spell out Southeast for God's sake. It's S-E. Retire S-E Asia.com. <laughs> That'll take you directly to, to, to this page where, where these podcasts are. Or you can go fish around the RSS feeds. They're starting to pick these up now. Um, th those are, uh, audio only, no video. So, I don't know. 
I, I we just keep going, just keep trying to help guys think this through because it's, you know, nothing says you got to move all your damn furniture and your dog and your cat to Southeast Asia. You know, you just come down, you, you a couple of suitcases, you mess around. You can extend your visa in, in well, let's see, in Thailand and Philippines also now. They're both 90 days. I think normally they give you 60 days and then you've got to go back and renew it for another month. That's barely enough time to tell if it's someplace you want to move to. Um, but you can do that. You don't have to commit to it. You don't have to commit to a big retirement visa or anything like that. Uh, we'll talk about retirement visas later. Okay, well, my brain is tired. Sorry, I, I got a lot more I want to say, but my brain is just tired because it's old. You know, just ask the uh, American girls. Oh, God, it's old. I'm not going to touch it anymore. Yeah, okay. I, I, I got plenty of stories about Western girls, but what's the point? Everybody knows what they are. That's why the guys in America are single, in Germany and UK. And they know why they're single. But you might want to stay single in Southeast Asia too. And plenty of guys do that. Plenty of guys... They learn all these lessons and they get to the point where they say, well, renting is better than buying. And they just rent for the rest of their lives. Day at a time, a week at a time, month at a time, depending on how much they like them. And then it's just really easy to end it because it wasn't ever anything anyway. The old phrase we used to use in Thailand, when you had a when you had a rental come over, you know, and you realized pretty quickly it wasn't going to work out, you know, like usually about by three o'clock in the morning, um, you let them sleep, you know, grudgingly if you have to. Uh, if they're up jumping around and awake, you know, you you can tell them to go right then. <laughs> But the majority of them want to sleep as long as they can because they get the air con. Um, and so you get up in the morning and, and they're they're looking at you. You know they're looking. Well, let's see. Is he is he going to rent me for another night? Is he going to rent me for a week? Is he going to rent me for a month? You know. Let's see. Am I going to get lucky here? What's going to go on? Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And a lot, a lot of them don't speak English really at all especially in the early days. Um, and so we just had this phrase, and they all understood it perfectly. And the phrase was, if you're, if you're done, you know, you're not going to re-rent them. You're not going to extend that rental. <laughs> you just say, go to room. Oh, okay. And it, it wasn't insulting or anything, because they knew. They knew what the score was. They knew what the deal was. Now, a lot of guys... It's the only way they'll have it. I just am not built that way. I wish, God, I would pay a lot of money if I could get a lobotomy and be built like that. Oh my God, life would be so much simpler. I have tried that. I've tried it diligently, faithfully. I've tried it. And I can't do it. I can't do it. I get attached. Or I don't, you know, but 
And the worst thing you can ever do for your life is get attached to a rental. You know, you don't go to the shop and rent a lawnmower, take it home, sandblast it and paint it, you know. You use it, send it back. All right. Thank you very much. Good evening and good night.